Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Punk FM, an NFT roundtable with Fight Farm and ONFT. Let's take a listen. Yo, 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 it's 9 p.m. where I am. I'm assuming it's morning with Wolfman Nose. We are also waiting on Chris from Fight Farm Bets and hopefully a few more audience members. But, yeah, I know Wolfman can talk, so I thought let's not delay this space any longer than it needs to be. How are you doing, man? That was quite funny. Um, totally forgot that I hadn't brought Wolfman up, so I thought, is Twitter space rugging me? I can't hear a thing. But it was all my fault. Um, Wolfman, are you, do you have another speaker on the other account? Uh, just for optics, was going to bring it up too. How's it going? Good morning. Well, it's good evening where I am. Yeah, good evening. But, um, <laughs> yeah, pleasure. Um, I, I heard you speaking to someone for who was at PBR on the Red Gang thing yesterday. Uh, you were telling us your, your life story. It was, it was quite compelling stuff. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, we're we're pretty excited, man. I think it's going to be oh. We're pretty excited, man. It's good to uh good to be up here, good to meet you. Get the um Omniflix mint coming up too with uh the monster boxes for for the Alley's game as well as opening up the uh remaining watcher mint um on Omni- Omniflix too. And finally the token uh flix drop is coming, which is pretty hyped. I mean, I think we're all really excited. I think someone said there was like 30 30k people in the queue for the the, the stream swap that's going to be happening, I believe, later today. I think stream swap is up and running right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been able to follow it too closely. It's been been crazy morning. So. <laughs> and then I don't know if you two guys know each other. I'm assuming you must. Well, I suppose everyone in Texas knows each other, don't they? But you're both from Texas, as far as I'm aware. Chris, is that right? Yeah, I've done it. Again. I'm, I'm just I've south of Austin myself. Okay, cool. Cool. We're well. Yeah, I was supposed to be getting over to Austin last year actually for what was going to be the Teradap Expo, and then that bombed, and it became Osmocon. Oh yeah, I was there. I was there. That was a that was a really fun event. I went to the Osmocon. Yeah, I got to meet uh, some of the crew from <clears throat> Cosmos Spaces there too. Uh, one of the founders of Andromeda was there. Got to chat with him. Got to hear some good talks as well. It was real. It turned out to be really fun. It was really good. And there was just a lot of a lot of information to take in, and uh, I, I hope to keep making them because it, it's a lot. Of, it's really cool. 
Absolutely, yeah. These these in real life events are definitely worth getting to. I was in one in Hong Kong just at the weekend, um, Hong Kong Web Three Festival, and it's yeah, it's it's brilliant when you get to meet people who you're friends with online, actually in real life. Hey, Chris, I think I've invited you up to speak. Are you there? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm here. How y'all doing? Very well, thank you, sir. Okay, so it looks like we've got well, yeah, a couple of um, Omniflex projects, or yeah, about to do some stuff on Omniflex anyway. Um, and it would be great to tell the Galactic Punks community a little bit more about what is going on on Omniflex, reasons why you might be doing stuff on Omniflex as opposed to Stargaze, um, benefits of the Omniflex platform. And yeah, just and more about your projects in general. So, I mean, for, first of all, Omniflex, that's what I'd be kind of interested to hear about. I mean, it seems like the majority of um, Cosmos NFTs are happening on Stargaze. Um, but the whole thing surrounding the Flix token launch, I don't know if that's why you chose Omniflex. But yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about, maybe throw this over to Chris, first of all. But yeah, why did you decide to do some stuff? Or do you mint on Omniflex? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we originally were looking uh, back in the old days. I was looking at on Terra, and then when the collapse happened, it kind of got me looking over at Juno. Um, when, when we saw Stargaze uh, come around, I really I really liked their platform, but uh, the Omniflex platform seemed like it was building more of a uh, kind of like a, a media company or a media hub so while nfts are an integral part of that i feel like they're building a tool set around that so it's more than just nfts uh, i'm sure stargaze is going to have some things in the future that will compare or compete or, or maybe offer a little bit uh something a little bit different but for the most part for me it was we want to build a, a fantasy sports uh, dow and our first product is uh, Fight Farm, which is an MMA fantasy sports betting platform. So we think that the media uh, integration is a big part of it. And that's my main reason for choosing Omniflex. Cool. Thank you very much for sharing. Chris, I was, I was going to ask, like, um, you, your, your own Twitter account, or I, I just wonder, you got um, Fight Farm Bets. Is, is this like a personal Twitter account or is Fight Farm Bets the, the Twitter account of the project? Uh, Fight Farm Bets is the Twitter account for Fight Farm, and we have a secondary account called Juno Bets, and that's for the uh, Juno Bets platform as a whole. So Fight Farm is kind of like the first use case. We're building out the MMA part, and then the Juno Bets DAO uh, will allow other people who want to run other uh, sports betting games to come in and and, and kind of operate under the umbrella of Juno Bets. Awesome. So. For for those of us that are interested in the NFT side of things that you're doing, the account that we need to follow is the Fight Farm Bet. Is that right? Yeah, if, if you're interested specifically in uh, the UFC and MMA, Fight Farm Bets is going to be that hub. If you're interested in the fantasy sports as a whole, for when, when in the future when we bring on other sports, you might want to follow Juno Bets as well. Cool. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. 
And then moving over to Wolfman, I mean, I know you've got, well, I don't want to say a ton, but you've, you've got, you certainly do have a ton of NFTs on Stargaze. You've got a couple of different collections. You might want to sort of touch on them at some stage. Um, but yeah, why? So you're kind of prolific on Stargaze, but you're doing something on OmniFlex. So what's the sort of rationale behind that? Yeah, so when we first started, we obviously found um, Stargaze first. That was kind of the first thing. We went up for the community vote, the very first one they had. So we were part of the Genesis Mint with the Alley's collection. And um, that went amazing. That was just incredible. We won, you know, overwhelmingly won that vote and uh, minted out in like three hours. Um, and it, w- it was a pretty pricey mint, too. So it said a lot about uh, the time and, and, and the collection itself. Uh, the timing. But, you know, it was just shortly after that that I found Omniflex got connected with their team, uh, started working on the the Watcher NFTs, was more of a um, uh, kind of a broader project with uh, more uh, more NFTs to be able to onboard more users for kind of a bigger vision of creating more of like an umbrella company that um, offers different IPs, different tools and things for users and teams to build with um, and community. Um, so we, we're really kind of creating a community hub over at ONFT for for builders and creators and innovators to to work with, and when we did that, so we split the mint, and so um, it's the mint is for the watchers has actually been on Omniflix for over for I guess it's this April or no sorry May will be a year, so it's been about eleven months now that it's been over there. Uh, we paused it um, earlier this year when we were heavily focused um or late last year we were heavily focused on getting the Stargaze side of the mint. Uh, minted out there's about uh there's 6888 watchers on stargaze and then we put 2000 watchers on omniflix so we started the collection out as a multi-chain collection uh to begin with last year um and and in in a spirit of the interchain right and um really excited the idea of like these things being able to be the same collection but on two different uh blockchains and um you know it's kind of almost like two different collections but they're still the same like one of the cool things we did uh, this past year, too, was we had the Fallen collection. So you were able to burn an Omniflix watcher um, and mint a Fallen watcher on the Stargaze blockchain. Um, and so you, you took a potion that was on Stargaze, you took an Omniflix watcher that was on Omniflix, and then you burnt both of those and minted a, a brand new NFT, which was something that hadn't been done before, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, Omniflix really attracted me because they... They're incredible innovators. They're incredible builders, and they've worked so tirelessly and hard uh, on creating such an incredible platform for creators, builders uh, to come and utilize their tools. And so, uh, you know, for for me, there was so much of that. There's been a lot of delays in some of the stuff that we thought we would build with them. So we built some of it on our own. Um, but uh, now that Flix is here too, I know for a fact a lot of the stuff that they have was is built out. But the uh, there's the hype train after, right? And they're they're very much so in tune with you know delivering first the token building that up and then starting to roll out some of the cool tech that they're, they're going to have dow tech as well over there um and then they've got a lot of other things like chris said for for media by the way my name is christopher as well so um although i i, I had this experience in elementary school with uh, with another chris and his was with a k and and ever since then i've never trusted chris's with k's i'm sorry man but for you i'll make an exception <laughs> But yeah, Thanks, man, man. Omniflix. <laughs> yeah, it's a worries, man. Uh, Omniflix is great, and they've been so uh, such a, a team that's rallied so much around their creators and supporting them. Um, and so that's you know that was one of the reasons why we wanted to that we became part of Omniflix last year 
Um, and now we're we're um, now that the the mint is done on Stargaze, and we've uh, done a round of the the Monster Box mint. So for Alley's, there's the the Monster Box mint was actually 888 Monster Boxes. It was going to be in one single mint. We split it up into four or more um, to and then to allow like extra perks. So um, like the last round got a special badge uh, and some other perks like that. This round, if you mint a Monster Box, you're going to get a free Watcher. So it's a great opportunity to join Alley's as well as and be able to participate in the trading game, as well as have a watcher and be a part of ONFT and take advantage of all the different tools and everything else that we're building out for communities and for uh, builders to to utilize as well. So, Awesome. That's quite a lot to unpack there. Um, maybe as much as a monster box. But um, before, right, we, were, we were chatting um, offline before um, this call, and you're talking about potential whitelist spots for people in the Galactic DAO. Um, I don't know how much longer we've got to sign up for that, but um, because the 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 sort of dollar value of the Flix token isn't yet known, do you know what the mint price is going to be for these monster boxes? Yeah, so the first round was uh, two fifty, just flat two fifty, and then anyone who purchased uh, from the first round is able to have a whitelist for the second round. So there's like uh, I think 160 spots right now currently that'll be getting. Um, uh, the second round, the the price goes up to two seventy five uh, for public, and then it's two twenty five for uh, for whitelists. Yeah, so uh, definitely good to have Can one I of those whitelists. Come and, in there, Wolfman. Um, yep. When you're saying these numbers, are these are these dollar numbers? USD. Yes, dollar numbers. Sorry, right. USD. Just for yes. absolute clarity. Yeah. Cool. So after the stream swap is done um, tomorrow, um, because their time difference, they're actually ahead of us, right on time. Uh, so. Our mint will go live probably in the afternoon on 4:20, like Central Standard Time, for us. Um, so somewhere in the afternoon it'll go live because this, once the stream swap ends, we'll have a token price for Flix, and then the team's gonna convert that over into Flix and have it go live. Awesome, right? So it, it sounds fairly pricey, to be honest. I mean, I don't know exactly what I get from a monster box. So yeah, so it's it's um eventually it's you'll be able to. Fun. Is all right if we just jump back over to Chris with a key, um, just to hear a little bit about the pricing of NFTs for Fight Farm. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, for us, because we're more of of, of a card based game, and you will have a say uh, a single fighter is going to have the first fifty mints. Uh, the art will be the same on a fighter, and the only thing that really separates each individual card is the serial number. Um, so in that in that sense, I didn't think it was fair to have a very expensive mint price on those. I think the secondary market can find the true value. So if you have a very popular fighter uh, that everyone knows, even like non UFC fans may know some fighters' names because they see them on on Sports Center or Sports TV. Um, I think that we're going to leave it to the market. Um, if you have about six hundred fighters roughly active on the UFC roster. That's 50 mints per fighter is 30,000 NFTs. That's a lot of NFTs. So we don't have to have a very high price. I think we're going to start our mint on Omniflix about $2 roughly, uh, probably priced in Juno and a few of the different currencies that Omniflix allows, uh, a few of the different cryptos. Um, so it's going to be a relatively inexpensive mint per NFT. We will have some special NFTs that have special features called Legends. Uh, those are going to be auctions. 
and they're going to be one of ones, a series of five per fighter. And this is for retired and active fighters that don't currently fight. We're going to integrate them uh, in our gameplay as well. I'll still determine the price on that, but it'll probably start auctioning around $50 for the Legends. Right. I mean, this is, this is really interesting for me anyway on, on what both of you are doing with regards to um, your project. I mean, it sounds like, well, I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't want to speak for you. I'll let, let you speak for yourselves, but it certainly sounds like you are doing way more than just making a sort of PFP type picture and saying thanks for the cash lads you're um actually trying to build projects with some serious utility so i'd be interested to hear a bit more about like what the aim of your projects are not necessarily how you're going to account for every dollar that you take in and how you're going to spend it but like what is the sort of roadmap and what are you building um wolfman yeah. So um, on the on the side of the the Owlies Mint, um, that's our trading card game, right? So if you go to Owlies.io, uh, you can learn all about how it all works. There's tokenomics to it. Um, so if you stake your watchers or your GFPs right now, you're earning Stardust, and then you're able to use that to buy custom wearables and upgrade those wearables. So there's a, there's a lot to the trading game. So it's it's a lot to try to go over in in one setting, but um, the monster boxes have 300 NFTs in them. So it's, um, you know, you get 10 packs. Each pack has 10 NFTs in it. So there's like guardian cards. There's eggs that you hatch. Um, there's some special keys. There's energy cards all used in that as well. And so uh, with the monster box, you have a higher chance of getting, say, um, epic legendary cards as well as hollow um, and shiny cards. Um, so it's a very, it's a big trading game. I mean, there's like hundreds of thousands of cards to begin with. Uh, once you know all these monster boxes are open and people can buy individual packs, but it's highly deflationary. So every every time you want to hatch an egg, it actually takes two eggs to hatch, um, and then you hatch a baby, and it goes from a baby to a teen to an adult to a wizard. Wizards are the most powerful, right? And there's there's kind of two ways to go about this strategy as well. So there's common um, uh, and uncommon, rare, leg um, epic, and legendary as well. And so some people are going to go straight after those epic and legendaries, build that hardcore deck. And so there'll be a whole like PVP battle game that you can do with these cards, kind of like Pokemon, um, but very different aspects and different elements than, than that as well. And, um, and then some people, you, what's really nice too is because we, our goal is to onboard tens of thousands of users, right? Hopefully even more than that and really bring people into the space. Um, there's collectability and everything else. That's why there's common and uncommon cards so that, Anyone can actually still, with common and uncommon, most likely make it to easily to have a wizard, right? It may not be some powerful deck that you can do. That's where the wearables come in as well. So just by staking your NFTs, you earn Stardust token, which will be an on-chain token very soon once Token Factory goes live on Stargaze. Um, and so you'll actually be able to uh, take those and spend them on wearables and then upgrade them as well. So they start out as common and you can upgrade them all the way to legendary as well. And then you can mint those into a custom one-to-one -one NFT. So that's kind of the whole thing too, is you're, you're hatching these eggs. And so those are all burning, right? And so if you want to turn a teen or an adult into, um, oh, you can take, you take that once you have the card that you want, and then you can take the wearables that you've collected. There's eight different wearable slots and you mint them into a custom one-to-one -one card. 
That's also why you'll see a lot of collections on Stargaze right now that are badges. There's even one for bad kids that we drop to bad kids holders. It's a nice onboarding tool to bring users in that can stake it until they use it. But at the same time, it can it's a it makes the card itself diverse. There's eight different slots on the card for badges, and each of them give the 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 card itself a stat boost anywhere from say one percent to six percent boost. Um, and it can be anything from you know certain elements, or it can be a blanket uh, boost, right? And so those are things like we're doing one coming up for uh, TSAS, the Space Ape Society. They're gonna um, get one of the interchain badges. So it's an opportunity for us to uh, show some love to another community, help them come learn about what we're doing, allow them to learn a little bit of Stardust, and if they want to keep it and participate in the ecosystem. They've got a really unique, one of a kind badge that um, can then make uh, a, a customized alley card even more rare and unique. And so there's a lot of neat collectible elements to all this, and there's a lot more intricacy to it all. Uh, like I said, if you go to alleys.io, you can earn a whole lot. And you know, if, if you want to dive in sometime, we can definitely deep dive into it. But that's one of the reasons the monster boxes are pricey is it's just an opportunity to get more rare, more legendary things um, in one box, one go. So it's a nice fundraise for us as well to continue to build this because we are building a metaverse type game, not an expansive world that you're going to explore, just an environment where you can hang out with other people and say, hey, you want to play? You want to play a match and you guys can go go to one of the tables in the environment and then use your deck that you've built and battle against each other. And uh, so it's just a way to build like a, a really fun social environment that people can be competitive in and have fun. Um, and then eventually actually have like monthly and yearly tournaments and things like that too with prizes and prize pools. So we actually put a thousand watchers in the DAO. So ONFT DAO controls a thousand watchers um, and they get, to, they get to mine the Stardust token um, and then use that as the community fund for prizes and for even for people to request funds for uh, to build games and anything else they want to inside the ONFT ecosystem. So, yeah, man, I think a, a deep dive at some stage may well be warranted. It, it sounds very comprehensive what you're trying to do there. Um, thanks for running through that. I don't think you could have gone any quicker. But um, just to clarify, then Owlies.io is O W L I E S dot I O. I believe so. Yeah, O W L I E S. Yep, I O. Yeah. And do you, I mean? Do you know sort of how many players you've got of your trading card game? Well, we haven't launched yet. So, um, what we do have, if you look at the um, stats on Stargaze, we have like a seventy-five percent or so uh, holder rate just um, diversity uh, for our, for our GFPs. So that's that's really good too. Um, so we've got we've got quite a few people who are ready. And um, one of the the things though is for us, it's different than a normal trading card game because you need the tokens, and they're you know so there's actually LP pools that have to be formed in order for all this to work. It's just kind of um, we're basically trying to reinvent the way that like Axies and others have done these kind of things, so that there's a lot more value for the holders that and a lot less of a chance for it to get devalued. Like <clears throat> with our staking for like a watcher, um, we're going to be dropping um, pet eggs that'll hatch into to pets for the watchers. And these play an intricate role in the staking mechanisms that we've built out. And we're building a, I'm actually, something I haven't announced, I'll, I'll say here is we're building a really cool 3D environment in Unity, um, uh, WebGQL, is that what it's called? Um, and so you'll actually, it's like a, you'll go into our clubhouse and you'll be able to like, 
go up to these different areas and um, even video game councils and and play them. So it's kind of more immersive experience with all of this. Um, ah, doing that made me lose my train of thought of what I was what I was talking about. Shucks, sorry. <laughs> I had it, and then I went off on that, and I now I don't remember what it was I was trying to say. No, so you, I mean, you just made me think of one thing. I mean, yeah, I am also part of TFM, and we will be bringing our NFT aggregator to both Omniflex and um, Stargaze. And there's quite a nice page you can go to on each collection just to see how many holders there are. Um, still in beta just now, but I'm just looking at the watchers protectors of the interchain does the figure about 805 holders does that sound about right to you possibly yeah there's a good chunk of the collection that is um uh like 2000 of the watchers is owned by the onft vault and so it's able to farm both the tokens and contribute to the ecosystem and then a thousand so over like half the collection is actually in the hands of either the DAO or the team. So there's probably about, yeah, yeah. There's about 2000, maybe 2,500 that are actually circulating in holders hands. So, you know, that's, I think that's pretty good distribution for, for what's circulating. We kind of had to pivot during the bear market too, with just, uh, we like right after we went to MIT, the terror crash happened and, uh, you know, just mess this up. And so we're just like, hey, we're going to keep building and here's how we're going to, here's how we're going to survive this and, and still, and still make something out of it. And so, you know, we just, we're like, you know, let's put 2000 of the watchers in the O vault to add value to the vault itself. It can then, you know, farm its own tokens. Um, you know, so that way, um, it, like we have the O token that's coming up that represents the vault. Right. And so you'll be able to, the O vault will actually be able to then mine those because all these tokens come from a supply of zero. So the only way to earn them is to stake your NFTs, right? There's no um, VC rounds, no funding, no pre-sales, none of that kind of stuff. We actually have the Owlies token that we canceled uh, because of this market conditions too. And really just to figure out a better way to benefit holders and to create a tokenomic system that can benefit and be um, more, more, circu- more circular, is that the right word? Uh, but just that um, there's no need to like dump a billion tokens on people. I don't think for what we want to build, we'll see. Maybe the this does <laughs> it doesn't work out as much as we want, but this really does put a good distribution into the holders' hands and the people who onboard. And if you come into the project, you're easily able to just start staking and earning, and then you can utilize those tokens in the game. Uh, you know, so the really is just that initial cost, and then say the cost of getting some packs to be able to play the game. After that, it's really just participating. Oh, I was ta- I'm sorry, I was talking about the staking mechanism that we we had integrated. So like if you stake your pet and you take care of it and you have to keep it happy, um, you can earn up to 300% more um, mining rewards for the Stardust token, right? So it ups it tremendously if you participate in our ecosystem. So you have to LP your Stardust tokens to earn serums and treats for your pet. And if you do that, then you're able to take care of your pet and hatch it and then get an extra mental amount of more rewards this kind of prevents people who just want to buy an NFT, farm the token and dump it and don't really care about the ecosystem, but creates more of a healthy tokenomics, we feel, um, for people who actually want to participate and be a part of our ecosystem and contribute to it, which is an important part of that is having um, healthy, healthy LP pools, right? But also rewarding people past just this high inflation rate that people give out, right? So giving them things like other NFTs that they can use to then benefit them more and give them more mining rewards. 
I think is an interesting model that I haven't seen done before. So I'm really excited. We're still building out the UI for this. And once the token factory goes live, you know, it's literally within the next month or two, like all this is just going to unfold and it's all going to happen really quickly. So I know all of our people in our community too are really excited and, you know, just trying to get the word out about, you know, what we're doing there. Awesome. And I can see there's some people from your community, both your communities, actually, in this call. If anyone wants to come up, you're more than welcome to come and add to the conversation. Um, so that is the Monster Box Mint going to be happening Well, tomorrow, yeah, on the 20th and um, tomorrow. Um, same with Fight Farm. I'm wondering, like, Fight Farm, how, Chris, sorry. Um, how many NFTs are going to be available to buy tomorrow? Uh, we we actually aren't launching uh, yet on 420. So what, what we're doing right now is we're actually creating all of the artwork uh, for around around 600 active fighters. It's roughly 200 female fighters signed to the UFC and roughly a little bit over uh, 400 males. Um, we are about 50% through the females and we are um, I believe he's only 30 to 40% through the males. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of artwork to create for each fighter. Um, what we are doing is, is, is we do host events on Dow Dow over on Juno. So on May the 6th, for example, we have three fights coming up on May the 6th. And what we are doing is, is we are minting, uh, the, the test NFTs in Dow Dow. And what we will do is, is if you play uh, fight farm and you, uh, play one of our, our four different games on Fight Farm, and you mint the NFT over on Juno, uh, over on Dow Dow and Juno. You you will be whitelisted once we actually release the game uh, on Omniflix. So we're not quite ready for Omniflix yet. We're still early in, in the early stages of the artwork, and then we need to ser- serialize every single card. Um, our our time preference. We're really trying to wait until um, the IBC uh, transfer compatibility for ICS. Uh, 271 uh, was our 721 was out and functional because for us we we want to mint on Omniflix but until Omniflix and and enables their community management DAO uh, so we can kind of create our secondary Flix bets we're going to do Juno bets over on the Juno chain so we needed the ability to transfer the tokens uh, or the NFTs over to Juno to uh, use in the DAO. Um, we're hoping that when we actually mint these 30,000 launch NFTs over on Omniflix, it would be a really cool experience to see if we could mint out and sell out of those on Omniflix to see 30,000 NFTs, uh, transfer over to Juno and be staked for the snapshot for our, our token drop. So fingers crossed on that, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of our time preference. We're not going to have anything launching tomorrow, but you are able to, uh, get test NFTs early that will whitelist you for that exact same NFT on Omniflix later. Awesome. I think I was listening to a Rack FM space last week and that's what Bruce Mann was saying. He was like doing these bets. Is he essentially somehow picking up NFTs cheaper than they're going to be minted for or something like that? Well, what we've been doing is we've been having a very low uh, bet proposal. Uh, trying to run the games as cheap as possible. And, and what we do is, is when you play our game, you're not just betting crypto on the game. You're actually betting a small amount of crypto and the NFT. 
So theoretically speaking, in the future, if, if we have a, a 2.5 Juno entry fee and 0.5 of that goes to the Dow to collect as a fee and you're betting two Juno, every single match will have a different value because you might have uh, two fighters fighting each, each other and one of their NFTs is worth, say, $10 and the other one is John Jones and his NFT is worth $300. So what you're actually betting is, is the value of the NFT. And the way that we do that is when you place your bet, you actually deposit your NFT to the treasury. So the treasury is kind of the holder. And the good thing, and we all know how it is when you deposit to a, a centralized party, there's a trust factor, right? But I think that's the, the best thing about a DAO is you can have a team of people and uh, no one should take off with your NFT from the treasury because everyone has to vote to actually send those NFTs back out. That way you can make sure that only the winners of the matches get the NFTs and there's no foul play. Um, we also think that because we're launching the bets token, and that pretty much makes you the owner of the game because all of the revenue coming in from the game will go directly to the bets token stakers. Um, I think that also kind of aligns incentives so that the people in the DAO who, who run the betting game um, are going to be honest because why would they go against uh, their stake bets and, and do something dishonest? It's kind of like uh, we're trying to combine NFTs and DAOs in a way where you can actually run a business and the players are the owners. Sounds legit. I mean, talking of dishonesty, um, we got we got scammed um, last week. We did a space and we had a couple of NFTs that we were giving away. They were um, the Pixel Wizards. So winners were picked and just the way we dealt with um not picking the winners but um getting the winners to claim their prize was just so we were just asking to get scammed so anyway what we did is we put out a tweet announcing the winners and saying right the winners you've got to dm us with your wallet address so what what someone did which i mean i kind of respect it even though it's a bit underhand is they created a Twitter account to mimic the winner, like just totally copied their Twitter account. Obviously, they couldn't copy having a decent number of followers, um, but we didn't look into that too closely. Um, and they just emailed in or DM'd in to claim their prize. We went, okay, that's the wallet address. There's your pixel wizard, well done. And it was only a few days later when the real winner said like, where have you, I've, not, I've not got my pixel wizard yet. We were like, oh, that wasn't too good. And um, so, yeah, I think I think it's, um, yeah, thanks, Chubby, for the thumbs down. I, I think we just need to up our DYOR on that one. But, yeah, I, I, yeah when, I, when I DAO, the thing is, though, like, in, in it, was, it was the Galactic DAO that made this decision. I was involved in it as well. Like, people are still behind the DAO. So unless it's like technically sorted out, people can still make mistakes. I don't know if that situation is going to affect Fight Farm at all or if it's going to be like code is law. Yeah, we, we, we definitely have thought about that because the last thing you want to do is run a game in a DAO and then have people collude together to rob the players and screw over the DAO. It's going to be a very bad look. 
So I've been trying to think about different ways you can you can solve that problem. One of the ways is I think you can require a specific amount of the token. Um, I don't think anyone is going to steal a NFT worth $30 or $700 if they're required to hold, say, you know, $5,000 worth of token staked, right? Um, now, the problem with uh, a minimum amount of tokens is depending on the market conditions, the price of that token can go up and down, right? So if you set it at, say, 10,000 tokens and it's worth a dollar, you know, $10,000 is a, is a pretty big bond to put up to, to, for the ability to, to run a game. However, if that token price hits up the bear market like it is now and it drops to 10 cents, well, now you've, you've got $100 as your bond. So we're trying to find a way to combine both a minimum amount of bets tokens. Um, each individual sport will probably have their own rewards tokens and NFTs as well. So we'll probably require some of those. And then we also have thought about how to have like an NFT as a bond. So if you think about it, like you're clocking in and clocking out of work, if you want to come run a game and say the game is worth, uh, say, $1,000 worth of uh, NFTs and uh, uh, crypto has been deposited into the game, uh, what we would do is, is make you bind, buy an NFT for a certain amount of, of a bind and you deposit that to the treasury. And as long as you are honest and, and you, you don't make mistakes and you run the game and you're fair and we can tell that you haven't done anything dishonest, at the end of the, the, the time period when the UFC event ends and we've paid out all the winners and we saw that, that you did your job well, you didn't have any major mistakes that, that cost us money or cost the players money, that the, the treasury can send that NFT back to the player. So we're trying to think of multiple ways, multiple layers to kind of align incentives because even inside of a DAO, there, there is that human element. And I think as any game, not just our game, as any game grows in financial value, it's just like everything else in crypto, we are going to see people come out of the woodwork and try to find a way to extract that value away from us. And, and it's just something you're gonna have to learn how to fight as you grow. I expect there to be possible mistakes. Um, I don't think anyone can run anything perfectly. Hopefully we've uh, prevent it as much as we can and we'll learn along the way and hopefully we don't see anything catastrophic. But yeah, we, we definitely have tried to focus very hard on providing layers of potential safeguards and security so that the DAO can run the game. And I think that we've at least got a, a good starting point so far. And of course, we're always looking for feedback. So if uh, you guys begin to play the game and, and get your bets tokens, definitely stake it, make proposals. I mean, it takes a community to, to learn how to harden and safeguard uh, games like this. Thanks for that, Chris, with Key. Um, sorry, I was having trouble with my mic there. It, it was funny when you were talking about scammers coming out of the woodwork, me and Wolfman at exactly the same time, just or certainly on my phone anyway, we just banged that 100% symbol. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's something that we all have to be mindful of um, as things start to, to pick up. Um, I mean, as as both your projects are pretty mega, um, and I'm not deep into either of them. I don't, and I, I don't know if there's many noobs like me on the call. But um, I, I mean, I think it'd be great to have you both back on individual um spaces to sort of have more of a deep dive into the projects themselves. But um, I I really love to hear your take on how you're going about 
building your communities. And I think Chris from um, ONFT was talking about trying to like bring thousands, tens of thousands of users into crypto. And then obviously Chris from Fight Farm is like doing something with UFC, which itself could bring tens of thousands of people into crypto. Um, so yeah, Wolfman, have you, have you got anything you could share about like building community and how you're sort of going about that? Yeah, I mean, um, over the past year, it's it's definitely been an adventure and I've learned a lot too. Um, and I think one of the best and biggest things is just being really good about communicating, reaching out, partnerships, getting out there, talking with people. I mean, it's so much of this is a networking game of of just getting connections, coming on spaces like this, getting connected to new people and, um, you know, just trying to find, you know, like, I, you know, for us, too, it's like it's a complicated game, too. So there's a lot to understand and break down. Uh, we've got a really great, passionate community, though, too, who's so welcoming. Um, you know, when new people come in, they'll guide them around, um, answer any questions as well. So they, they help me out a, a ton. And they, you know, we've worked really hard too to try to invent this in a way that brings a lot of value. And we've constantly given back, you know, like if you minted a, an Ali's, you actually got a watcher for free on a, on a one-to-one drop, um, which was really cool too. So that was something that, uh, that we did. And, you know, with building ONFT, um, you know, we just launched, um, I think tomorrow's we're going live, but we've started to announce the, uh, the free staking platform that we're offering people on Omniflix, Stargaze, and actually Polygon too. Um, and we haven't even started networking over there yet. I just reached out to the Matic man about, uh, you know, the fact that like Space Apes and others will be using our, uh, our staking over on Polygon. And so they'll be able to stake their Stargaze and their Polygon and have a, a sim, you know, one UI to, to utilize that. But that, that's, um, you know, those are the kind of things that help uh, bring projects together, enable them to continue to build well um, and so we want to continue to build really great projects i mean really great tools um, for communities and builders to, to use um, and really allow you know like there's just a lot that even omniflix and others are building and creating a, a one hub where you know you're not going over to crew three for this and sending them over to this whitelist platform for over here but you know building something where it can do all of it in one place <clears throat> is something that we're working towards and um, all that helps to again uh shine a light on alleys and the trading game because you know, if you're on our platform and you're participating in certain ways, you're going to be able to to earn and, and get different uh, benefits and things like that, too. Um, and so, you know, just trying to bring as much gamification and fun to the space and, um, you know, find different innovative ways to do that. Um, I think that's a big starting point for us, you know, and so growing the community from there. And then so so much of what we've been building, we even have a few other really fun IPs. One's called uh, DGen Dragoons. Um, that I'm really pumped about, and uh, we uh, we're working on starting the the comics for that as well to start telling their story. Um, and so those are future collections too that we'll be able to mint with your Stardust tokens as well. And so like um, we have one Alley's Voxels Through Time coming up. Um, it's just like our Alley's, but like uh, really cute and fun, and their voxel art. You'll be able to mint that with your Stardust on Omniflix on Omniflix. Well, they're actually gonna once our token is live. They're going to allow our, our our Stardust token to be one of the tokens that you can mint NFTs with. So you can list your collection uh, with and you can also um, sell your NFTs in Stardust as well. Um, so those are the kind of cool things that like we're just finding different ways to innovate there. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, once the trading game is launched too, and people see what you can do with these things and, and have that fun. 
um, really season one is is um, is really like the Gen One is kind of like that. You know, it's it's not going to be I think as seen as others. Um, but once that completes and the next season, the next gen comes out, it's uh, uh, the disconnected. There are these cyberpunk alleys, um, and so there's this there's a lot of lore and story to it all. Um, and so you know, just like Pokemon, you have Gen One, Two, Three, etc. You know, we have a lot of really great story and, and lore built into everything that we're doing. And I think as that continues to grow and as we just do more networking and events, um, you know, you do that community is going to grow. You know, we're building in a bear market. So, um, you know, that alone positions us really well for the next bull run, I think, because there's there's actually something there. Um, and you could tell that, you know, even though times are tough, like we're grinding it hard, you know, to build something and to build more than something just for us. You know, that's what ONFT is all about is bringing creators and builders together, creating a special hub that everyone can benefit from without having to spend all this money on building your own staking platform and all the time it takes um, and some of the other tools that we're bringing to, we've got free bots as well, sales bots, all that, you know, all you have to do is your team just has to own a watcher and to join our DAO, um, you know, and you get all that for free. So, um, you know, it's just stuff like that. And that's only going to be, there's only going to be more coming and, you know, it's just, there's a, a love and a passion for building in this space. Um, and our community feels that and they know, just how much this is 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 directed towards uh, really building a better place for us all together, you know. And I, my vision for ONFT is to be at that point one day where it is everything is there and it's pushing forward, and the community is able to build and grow and 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 really advance themselves up too. I think when you actually have, you know, that's what I love about like Stargaze um, and the these new one to one minners and all this kind of cool stuff is that it's really empowered. I've watched so many community members step up and become creators. And I think that kind of environment and giving them more and more tools to make this easy, right? So that like, oh man, this is really intimidating. Well, I can just go to ONFT say at some point maybe, and even be able to create my own website through them, um, have all the bots that I need, easily guide to set up my own discord, even be able to have staking and all that, all these really cool, robust, fun features to start a project with all through one hub and a community that is just going to rally around you and, uh, and, and empower that creator to keep doing what they do and, and grow. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me personally, NFT communities or NFT projects are really sort of defined by their community. So that it almost doesn't matter how good your tech is or what your vision is. If, if you've not got a community, you're going to struggle to get there. I'd imagine. Um, Chris, <laughs> with the key um i mean what's what's your vision for i mean are, are you like doing fight farm to to onboard people into crypto is that your sort of main goal or i don't want to put words into your mouth but are you just doing this because you love ufc or what's what's sort of behind the vision of what you're doing so uh here's the thing i, I don't think all crypto people are going to be ufc or mma fans I don't think all crypto people will necessarily be sports fans. I do think the long-term vision is kind of like what uh, Wolf said. We want to attract non-crypto people to the space. And I think NFTs and DAOs are a beautiful way to do that. Um, I don't think we're quite there yet. I know for us, uh, that's more of a long-term vision, right? So for us, we won't be able to attract regular like UFC bettors or regular UFC fantasy sports players to come jump through the hoops of dealing with tokens and NFTs and DAOs, unless you make the UI UX very intuitive, very easy to use, 
they're going to need to be able to use something like Cato to buy uh, tokens right on the main site with their credit card. It needs to be easy and it just needs to work. You need to be able to have a Kepler leap set up very easily right from the main page. Uh, so for us, those are long-term goals. Those things require a lot of investment, a lot of money. So rather than chasing something that I don't think is achievable just yet, we've kind of pushed the whole, let's chase the average sports fan. Like all those guys have DraftKings, they have sports betting sites. Like there's no lack of ways uh, to do sports betting or fantasy sports games for the general public right now. So I don't think it's the best thing to do is to chase them. So what we have done is is said, okay, our primary people need to be our primary target audience needs to be be people who are already into crypto, people who already who already appreciate NFTs and appreciate DAOs. So how do you make a person? Uh, I'm sure many on this stage. How how do you make these people that that don't necessarily care about MMA fighting or UFC or sports betting or fantasy sports? How do you get them to care about a project and, and come check it out? For us, we think. One, you have to provide a very good sense of gameplay. And two, you need to have kind of like, no matter what the gameplay is, like it, when you heard Wolf describe uh, his his gameplay just now, that game sounds awesome. There's so much to it. And he's going to have to do a lot of uh, community outreach and community events just to get people to understand the game and get them involved and grow that game organically. Well, we're in that same boat, right? But we also know that when you build something like that or like what we're building on NFTs and DAOs, like there's going to be people who, who who just love NFT markets, right? Like they're NFT flippers, they're NFT uh, snipers. Uh, they're always watching for a deal. So, they, you know, there's that profit motive, right? They don't necessarily care about us as, as, as the developers. They don't care about our game. All they care about is, is what deal or what can I snipe today and flip to a profit? I think that there's a way to gamify that. And that's really what we've tried to do. So one of the coolest things about Fight Farm and pretty much all of the Juno Bets uh, NFTs once, once they launch is we're tied to a real world event and real world athletes. To me, that alone is cool. Having an NFT, something digital that you, you have a way to use it, but, you, but, but why are you using it? Well, you're not just using it for a game that we made. No, we're capitalizing on something that, that exists in the real world. So that's going to create at least a little bit of demand uh, for those NFTs, right? If, if you know on May the 6th, the UFC has UFC 288 and there's 15 fights on that card, it's easy for non-UFC fans two weeks out, three weeks out to go and look at that schedule and say, hey, all of these NFTs are listed like, like, Fight Farm launched these NFTs for for two for two point five Juno, and they haven't sold yet. And there's fifty of them for this fighter, and this is a big name fighter. They haven't sold yet, right? So it's going to be smart for some people that, to come in and just play that that strategy game of the market. If you think there's going to be demand for an upcoming uh, fighter's NFT to be used either in the game as a bet or for staking, um, then I think you're going to see this 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 underlying strategy of market gameplay. Another thing we're doing is, is we have game types where uh, you can use uh, these special NFTs like Legends or uh, Dream Fight NFTs, and they can come in and, and you can have a retired fighter who's not currently fighting, and you can use their NFT to play in a fight that exists today. 
And what happens is, is when you use that, you can steal the, the winning pot from the winners. But if you bet on the wrong fighter, uh, we use Dow governance to decide whether you burn that card or transfer the card to another player. So for us, I think trying to gamify it, uh, both in the game and also gamify it in the sense of like the supply demand, uh, NFT flippers, um, you know, give them a reason to want to come uh, interact with your project, even if they're not necessarily MMA fans. And the good thing is, is, is MMA is just the first use case. When we launched this for basketball and football and soccer and golf and hockey and racing, you know, eventually there's going to be some sport that other people like, but all of these have the same premise that you can use a real world sporting event and real world athletes to gamify the NFT market, both on a game play level and a, a marketplace level where that, that real world event creates demand for the NFT, which is going to make uh, how people flip NFTs and snipe them, et cetera, become kind of a strategy and make people pay attention to sports they otherwise wouldn't have so that they can profit in the, the NFT marketplace. I, I remember watching um, early day UFDs when people would turn up in judo costumes and stuff like that. Um, Ken Shamrock and his speedos. It was kind of fun. Um, one thing about like doing these like real world cards. I mean, are, are you concerned at all about sort of IP issues? I mean, do do people sort of copyright themselves, or or can you just make a card on anyone and just say, "This is my game. I'm doing what I want." Yeah, that that was one thing that we were concerned about. So we've made. Uh, some very, very, very good decisions on that. We we won't ever say that we um, we won't ever say that the UF like the you'll never see a UFC on any of our cards. We can't use any of their IP, anything they have copywritten. Um, we can't use the fighters' names, and we cannot use the fighters' likeness. Um, so we can't use any names. That's one reason why we use a serial number system. Um, the serial numbers are kind of like a way to tie um, the NFT to the fighter. And whether we make a generic looking fighter that's wearing, you know, a fight shorts and a sports bra and MMA gloves for a female or just fight shorts and MMA gloves for a male. There's as long as you make the fighter different enough that it's not like uh, an exact replica, like you couldn't like scan any of these uh fighters faces into ai and make it look exactly like them that's probably you know getting too close to that blurred line so we've tried to make sure that a while our our art is fighter based we aren't using the actual fighters likeness we aren't using their name um and we've made a serial number system because technically with the serial number system if i'm not using the fighter's name you could take wolf's collection of alleys and assign a serial number to each alley and each alley's uh, uh, pegged to some real world fighter. So you don't necessarily even have to use fighters for the NFTs. Um, now it makes more sense to do that. Now the, the big question will be like, once you get to other sports, MMA is easy. You don't have a lot of variables. You don't have large teams with multiple players. It's fighter A versus fighter B. The real, the real problem solving is going to be, what do you do when you have team sports, when you have like a football team or a basketball team? I think individual sports is pretty easy to do. Um, I'm not sure what these P 
people will do when they come in and try to build out something for for team-based sports because you, you could go two routes with that. You could have individual players and build bets and fantasy sports games uh, based on individual players, kind of like what we see today where you draft a roster of players from different teams. Uh, that's a little bit complicated. I think that's probably better to do something once you have a front end and you can automate some of this stuff rather than trying to do it like inside of the DAO manually. Um, or you could do sports teams. Either way, they have to think about the same problem, right? They can't use the sports team's name. They can't use the sports team's logos. They can't use the players' names. So, yeah, we've tried to be very, very careful and make these as far away from the original IP as possible. I don't think that we'll have any legal issues because we're not doing anything where we're stealing uh, either the UFC or the individual fighters' uh, likeness. Spoken like a lawyer, that sounds. Pretty, pretty sensible. I mean, did, did you take legal advice or did you just kind of come up with this idea? No, I just came, I just came up with it. Um, I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of, of, of research and just reading. I'm definitely not a lawyer. Um, but uh, it's one of those things where I try to see, like, what do they consider likeness? If you use their name or a photocopy of them, um, that is definitely likeness. But Theoretically, and you know, we even considered this. We we considered not even having an actual fighter. Um, one of the things that we did was we made sure this first version. You know, we easily could have used AI to create like a a, a video game looking version, and the video games would probably get some of these more mainstream popular fighters who have a lot of their images on the internet. It probably get them looking pretty well. Like I ran like a Conor McGregor, um, a Ronda Rousey, you know. Uh, a John, a John Jones, people who are like mega superstars who they cross out of the, the UFC world into major uh, sports worlds. Uh, the video game, the characters that AI produces of them are so much in likeness. There's no way we could use, there's no way we could use that in our NFT. So we, we made sure that this first one, we did a very uh, uh, cartoonish version uh, we could even make, you know, versions where we combine maybe like toys or animals. We're, we're going to try to be very, very, very creative on how we integrate fighters with other popular like NFT trends. That way we can kind of avoid wanting to the temptation of wanting to go and create like a, a, a mega realistic uh, NFT that looks just like the fighter because, you know, the, the temptation's there, but that's just asking for, for trouble. So we're doing everything we can to keep the artwork radically separated from the individual fighter. If, if, if you don't know the fighter's name is pegged to this serial number, there's not really a way that you're going to tell which fighter's which for the most part. On the flip side, though, I will, I will clarify one thing. On the flip side, one thing we didn't do is, is we, we, we created these with AI as one of ones. What we didn't do was take a base layer and, and try to keep every single fighter looking exactly the same and then creating the different layers over it. Like we didn't want generative art. Like, like we want the, the buyer to have the ability to really enjoy uh, the, the NFT as a PFP if they want. And I think generative art sometimes, especially with a, a, a sports figure, would be very generic looking. So that's one thing we did consider was like, hey, let's let's at least try to make this as cool and, and one of one as we can. That way you still feel like you're getting value, even though it doesn't look identical to the UFC fighter that the card represents. Thanks very much for sharing, guys. I, I mean, 
having two guys from Texas in a round table is probably not the best way to do a space. We should definitely keep you separate um, so so that we give you more time to talk. Um, it's, it's been really easy as a host just sort of stepping back and, and listening to you guys explain a bit about your project, which, which has been great. Um, I know um, Wolfman was saying, I think it was Wolfman, was saying he got wrecked on Terra. I'm, I'm definitely in that boat. Chris, were you, were you, was that your history as well? Um, I have been in uh, Bitcoin and crypto since uh, 2012. Um, most of my holdings are in Bitcoin. I'm not a maxi by any means, but I'm always the kind of guy that, you know, even if you have different tokens or coins or blockchains that you love, usually in a bull market, by the second or third pop, I'm getting out of it. Uh, so most of my Luna, I was a huge Terra Luna supporter. I really enjoyed that blockchain. And uh, sorry for that scraping. This guy was scraping something on the concrete. But yeah, I was a huge Terra supporter, man. I think solving the stable coin issue, uh, getting away from USDC, USDT, or any centralized stable coins is something that's the most important thing in crypto space. I really uh, felt bad for people who were mega into UST and Terra when that went down. Luckily for me, those two $100 tops, I got, I'd say, 80% out. I did have a pretty big bag of UST staking uh, when that happened, and I didn't sell as it un- unraveled. So, yeah, I, I didn't lose as much as most people, but I did lose probably more than I want to admit. Well, I mean, yeah, rather than sort of um, wallow in our <laughs> um, losses, I'm just thinking like a year ago, like NFTs were galactic punks and stuff, like PFPs. Um, what you guys have been talking about tonight is like one year on evolution of NFTs, more utility. Um, do you have a prediction without making the space go till um, another half hour? But like briefly, have you got a prediction for the next year of what we, what we might see in the NFT space? doesn't matter if your prediction turns out to be wrong. It's just kind of a bit of guesswork. Not financial advice, um, so that before I say anything. But I, I think um, from from what I've heard, what I've seen, because what I like to do is I think charts are great, and I think TA can have its place. Um, but I think there's a combination between that and CT. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're following the right people, um, it's really easy to kind of have your 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 uh, thumb on the pulse uh, for the most part. And um, in my opinion, I think 2023 is the cosmos year. I think uh, Interchain, we've already seen it, right? Like Frank DeGaz has done a lot to to bring attention unwittingly to to what Cosmos is because, um, you know, they really are the founders of multi-chain, interchain, interoperability, everything, right? So, um, you know, this, this kind of highlight now uh, that we're seeing in Polygon being featured a lot in all of this too, um, I think that, that Polygon is going to have this hype moment, but all eyes, I think, in all roads end up in Cosmos. And with the interchain NFTs going live very soon, I think it's just it's a game changer. Um, and once you start seeing not just Cosmos blockchains, but now all of a sudden Ethereum and others and NFTs, I mean, I think the moment you see one of the OG Ethereum punks brought over, um, crypto punks, once you, once you see that brought over and on the Stargaze blockchain, which Shane has one, and as soon as it's available, he's bringing it over, uh, that's massive. That's massive. That's massive exposure, massive hype, um, and really exciting because also Stargaze is a blockchain NFT 
platform that doesn't exist anywhere else and it's fully community owned and their whole goal is literally just to um is to is to give this to the community and empower us versus most of these other nft platforms that just take a big chunk of our money um and and walk away with it so i do think um i think this year is going to be there's going to have this and just in the markets in general um you're gonna you're gonna see a nice fake out run um and then i think the real bull runs in like 2025 i just i'll, uh, uh, I'll just okay go on chris yeah I'll just echo what he just said. He, he said almost to a T, some of my feelings. I, I don't think 2023 is is it. I think this is just a fake out. Uh, I don't think there's anything in the macro or the world economy that, you know, says that we're going to have anything in the near immediate future. What I will say is, is interchain accounts, I think it's going to change the way the NFTs are perceived. There's room for everyone. Some of my favorite NFTs are just PFPs. I, I like it just for the artwork. But I do think the biggest uh, gaining projects, the biggest uh, market cap NFTs in the future are going to be ones with utility. I think all it takes is a handful of really cool uh, interchain games to come out. And and like he said, you're going to see it's going to get very competitive very quick, I feel like. In this next 2024 uh, post having going into the 25 bull run, if everything plays out, I think you're going to see the Cosmos NFT space become maybe on par with the layer ones on top of ETH. So uh, it's just a matter of time. I think we have the tech. And once once we start to see uh, other chains start to kind of like turn away from Avalanche and the EVM chains and start to come over and play in our world, it's going to get very competitive very quick. Well, that's the biggest thing too, right? Cosmos isn't actually trying to replace. They're trying to onboard, right? to interconnect everything and everyone so it's not like we have a competitor we don't we're just bringing everything to function together in one place in one way and i think that's that's just why these eyes are going to turn here and there's just going to be this continual bullish momentum behind cosmos tech and it's only going to shine a light on cosmos nfts exactly it'll 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 crowd up our marketplace and like you said it's not competition like you're trying to get rid of them you're trying to integrate them into the cosmos and man that's going to be you're just basically only going to magnify the nft market as a whole times a thousand so that's going to be exciting yeah just to see whose predictions come to fruition I, it was funny when um, chris was talking about not being a btc maxi i was wondering if a real btc maxi was going to step up and we got one chubby what's up i'm a pepe maxi now bro Loving it. Did is is that all you wanted to say? That's yeah, just you. pinning it there. Pepe is the biggest thing in crypto right now. Get with it, or I don't know. Let's fucking go! <laughs> loving it, loving it. Um, all right, guys. I mean, thank you very much for being here. We've got some stuff coming out of the Galactic DAO. Um focused on building communities that we hope is going to help um, all NFT, well, not, not just NFT projects, but all projects within Cosmos. So that's our contribution. Um, so yeah, we don't have these cool games. We don't have the cool sort of betting stuff. And um, we are a PFP collection, but what we do have is community. So over the next sort of month or two, in fact, over the next month, 
hopefully you're going to be hearing a lot more from us and how we can help you specifically. Um, so yeah, building partnerships, that's absolutely what we're about. Wolfman, thank you for being here. Chris, thanks also for being here. It would be great if we can maybe sort of arrange just deep dives with both of you at some stage in the near to mid-future, mid-term future, if you're up for that. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming and listening. I don't know if I was crap at bringing people up to the stage, but I didn't see many hands. Chubby requested. We brought them up. So th that's kind of the rule on Galactic Punks. If you want to speak, just request, and we will get you up. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being here. See you all again soon. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thank you for having us. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Punk FM, hosted by Rebel DeFi and the Galactic DAO, an NFT roundtable with Fight Farm and ONFT. <laughs> Recorded on Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I got it for the low low. low, low. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I got it for the low low. low, low. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. Hit my plug, that's my jaw, bros. My mijos. Stargaze mint for the low low. low, low. Show me stars, I'll go loco. Rowing in my little job boat. Job boat. Bitches thinking I'm a Josh Mo. No, no. Mean to smile when I draw low. Draw low. Hear the alleys taking photos. photos. I know nothing but the Jojo. Bacon Jonas, yeah, Bacon Jonas. Bacon Jonas, yeah, Bacon Jonas. Whip it through the glass, Timmy. Woo, 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 woo. I'm making Jones fast, Timmy. Woo. I'm in love with the Jojo. I'm in love with the Jojo. I got it for the low low. I'm in love with the Jojo. I'm in love with the Jojo. I'm in love with the Jojo. I got it for the low low. I'm in love with the Jojo. Thirty six, that's a deal, yo. Need a rack, miss my free throw I'm in love, desert ego Bustin' rugs, now we need yo Free my homies, fuck the CEO But the judge, fuck my P.O. Puto, all this talk like you need yo Minting jaws like a primo Bacon Jonas, yeah, Bacon Jonas. Bacon Jonas, yeah, Bacon Jonas. Whip it through the glass, Timmy. Woo, 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 woo. I made Jones fast, Timmy. Woo. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I'm in love with the Georgias. Georgias. I got it for the low, 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 low. 
I'm in love with the Jojo Jojo I'm in love with the Jojo Jojo I'm in love with the Jojo Jojo I got it for the Lolo Lolo I'm in love with the Jojo 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 Amigos Chamber Spaces <laughs>